Well, this game, there's only one team that's relevant. That's Carlton Swizzy. You're going to have to pucker up, mate, and um, talk about it. So uh, Carlton and Richmond, it's basically the Crips and the Hewitt show. Now, for me, um, I end up bringing in Paddy Crips this week, more because uh, I think team announcements, I thought I needed cash, and uh, there was no cash here, so I had to had to kind of sacrifice a premium for someone who I was you know, mixing through the teams. And so I brought in Paddy Cripps, and I could not be more impressed. I think it was like 33% owned. Uh, I reckon a few people will be jumping ship from Steel to Cripps this week because they're you know, chasing points. But um, looked good with his hands, hit the scoreboard. This was the interesting thing with Cripps. Now, he had the most meters gained ever in his career. So not only is he getting the ball, he's actually taking it forward. Still butchered a little bit, which is Cripps. He has no left boot. And I mean zero left boot. I think he tried to kick one, kicked it to like an opposition this way. I think I saw it in the preseason as well. Anytime he goes on his opposite boot, just run for the hills. Wherever he's aiming, run somewhere else and you might get the ball. Um, but 454K, I think if you were already struggling for those premiums, um, Crips, if you got on, I think it's definitely worth having him. If you have a, a premium, there's no one really injured as far as most of the premiums, I think. So you kind of just have to sit tight, in my opinion. Uh, because wasting a trade from a premium down, Cripps might get around that sort of M8 mark. He might not. Uh, one game doesn't make a season. He's still injury prone to a percentage. So I think if you got on him, great, and enjoy that ride. And uh, if you haven't, you might just have to sit back and like any premium, just back in Steel versus Cripps on another week or something along those lines. Uh, Swizz, what do you think about Cripps for starters? Oh, yeah, well, mate, do you want me to just talk about the whole game and that all in one here or – Oh, yeah, go it. for it. And as yeah, long as you're referencing Crips and how good Carlton yeah, are, mate, you no, can go for your lot. Crips, mate. So, yeah, so I was 10, 10 rows back from the front, level one, 60 metres out from the city end, so, which was fantastic because all the goals were kicked from one end in this game. It was the most remarkable thing I've, I've seen. I, I think um, Grimo might have been sitting at the other end and he didn't get to see a goal for the night. So, uh, But I thought Crips would be awesome in this game because once, especially once Presti injured himself, and he was flying in that first quarter. Richmond had no midfield. Like Jack Rain was underdone, and and um, Dimmer admitted that he was like he was hoping you know Prestia and the boys could get through, so they didn't have to expose Graham. So that put Graham in the midfield. Jack Ross is just no good, it's a, especially at the wing. He's the new whipping boy down at Richmond. So you know he scored eighty eight and, and did a good outside role, but he he doesn't play inside. So it's it's probably unfair to say he's no good, but it's just not his role to go do that. Um, and obviously Dusty, as good as he is, you know, he's, he's older now, Cochin's older. So they just couldn't go. And they had Cochin trying to go with Cripps and Cripps just thought you beauty. Um, yeah. So once Presley are out, there was, uh, there was just no competition in that midfield. So he worked so well with Kennedy. Um, Georgie Hewitt's such a good footballer. I know Chris shares that thought. I thought he was a good football at Sydney. Um, not in the Tom, Tom Mitchell vein, but definitely somebody who, just because of how many midfielders Sydney had, didn't get the opportunities. So it was Cripps and Hewitt either winning the ball and looking for Chera, and then Chera or Kennedy was just, you know, using his big size, top pick. So I think Walsh comes in. There's a thought that Walsh could even just start off the wing and run off around there and do whatever he wants but and rotate out um, with Chera because we know Chera's played a bit of wing over at Fremantle. Uh, but... They, they just worked so well together. That first quarter probably took a little bit of time just to get, you know, where Hewitt was running, where Cheryl was running. And then the, once, as I said, Prestia came off, they worked that out so quickly. Uh, Cripps was getting himself forward. And 
the problem with that is because now they've got the good midfielders, it's not just, okay, we're going to shut down on Crips or we can just shut down on Walsh or something like that. You know, Hewitt finds space. Chair is such a good, you know, ball winner and he hunts that ball. And, and, and Kennedy, like, they're going to they're gonna tear up teams. It'll be really interesting this week versus the Dogs because the Dogs, as good as English, English is developing, um, he's not like the A-grade Ruckman. And neither, obviously, is Pittenet or DeConning. They're, you know, way down the tra- chain as Ruckman. So to have two midfielders who probably might be the two best midfields in the game playing each other with, you know, not the greatest Rucks, it'll be interesting to see how the Blues back up again against that lot. So, yeah, I couldn't speak highly enough of the of those Blues players. And then even the halfbacks, you know, Sam Doherty, welcome back, you know. The, all the Richmond... Oh, that was the best hearing. moment. His goal, was, his goal... Brilliant. Yeah, I watched it twice. I actually yeah. was like, "Fuck being live." I actually rewound, sat back, took it all in, um, showed the misses, and I was like, "How good's this?" Uh, like everyone just chills, like you know, goosebumps on you. Um, so I'm just going to backtrack 70, here a 70, little bit. Seventy-two thousand there, mate, and I'd swear there'd be sixty thousand cheering for Doherty when that goal went through. That was a remarkable um, effort. So yeah, he he worked really well with Saad back there, and they they look good coming off half back. So yeah. But mate, the, the, those blues players on fire. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. Um, George Hewitt, three hundred ninety-nine thousand. Um, very good investment. Particularly, I think quite a few people went on him just because of the price point. So thirty-two percent of teams. Uh, a lot of people were very happy. Some people, you know, those midfielder roles uh, outside of um, obviously Crisp. Um, some of those midfield defenders are looking pretty good. Now, I agree. I think he complements that setup uh, extremely. So. Um, I have the similar opinion where when Walsh comes back in, I think it'll probably be a combination between, and they're so damaging, like they'll just rotate through the wing. Cripps obviously has to keep playing guts because he's the contested winner. Um, Walsh can get in there inside, outside. Hewitt can get in there inside, outside. So I think it'll be you know Kennedy and Chera and Walsh probably rotating through um, on that wing. And they have so much flexibility. That's just going to be so painful. Every stoppage, you're just going to have beasts left, right, and center. Um yeah, so I'm really looking forward to that. And what another great midfield matchup as well. So the Doggies versus um, Carlton, I really do look forward to that. Um, obviously, we know the Doggies don't tag. So uh, Cripps could definitely rack up a lot of possessions there and try and back their systems in. The one thing I do notice as well, so Doherty and Saad, uh, both decent price points. So when you sort of have a look at Doherty, it's 533K, so still quite expensive. Uh, I know some people went on there. Um a lot of price points around his that I probably prefer, but kudos if you sort of got on that for that round one big win there. Start as well, 450K or 449 is basically a little bit of a cheaper price point. Now, the thing I noticed is that even in the preseason, we spoke when they were getting the mark, they were kind of holding up the person that was on the mark and then trying to release the hands. Uh, one trend we have seen with other teams is actually holding back off the mark in general, that five meters, so that way they can actually move laterally, which would probably stop some of those halfbacks getting run. So I see a lot of teams probably trying to implement that against Carlton specifically because once you get sucked up on that mark, they're just going to have, um, you know, Saad and Doherty and Williams. Now, I think Williams wasn't actually too bad, but he just was in the wrong spots, I think, Williams. You know what I mean? He's like running the wrong way and not being used. I don't think he, his role's too bad or he was that bad in general, but Saad might have been quicker. <laughs> like It's like, oh, boom, Saad, 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 just kept hitting all the right spots and he just literally loaded up with everything. Um, I think over future weeks, though, they'll probably have a little bit more of an even performance uh, as far as Williams. I think there's still some value there. Um, McGovern's the big one. Now, 
this is a, a really interesting one for me. McGovern, 256,000. And I saw some people like, oh, McGovern only got a 70 and trying to kind of shit on him already. Now, 256,000 for a intercept defender. The coach was already saying, well, look, number one, it's probably his first official game as a defender as well. And Paddy McCartan as well. Both of them saying, that, yeah, that's kind of raw. And he'll be better for the run. He'll be better for it. Now, the big thing out of this to note is McGovern was basically, he was on, I think it was about maybe 51 before halftime and then gave away a free kick again. So went down to 47. Basically, he was on around 50. He was on track for 100. Now, the big thing to note out of this was you can talk about the second half. What changed in the second half that impacted McGovern's role? Yeah, you're right, mate. That first half, it was awesome. He got into all the right places, looked really good, um, but didn't move Bolter down to the back line uh, and into the forward line. So all of a sudden, we went really tall down there. So Richmond's forward setup was an injured Jack Rewalt who was actually pushing it, trying to push up the wing, but he'd broken his thumb, so he had no chance of it. Tommy Lynch, which is obviously featuring. And then we had both Soldo and Bolter playing forward. So we went really tall, which forced McGovern to then play man-on-man. Um, you're not going to get teams playing four big key for forwards. Now, Soldo can't play forward to save himself and that. I don't, I don't think we'll be going the two rucks. Though we did it sometimes, it just left us exposed once Bolton went down there. But now the injury to Jack, depending on how many weeks that is, I think it'll probably maybe be the three-tall setup. But yeah, McGovern's not coming up against teams like that who are going to have four talls. Well, North Melbourne tried on the weekend and that fell. So it's just oh, not going to So happen. bad. So McGovern yep. is the person that they're trying to free up. Weedering's so good one-on-one, so they just let Weedering do his thing. McGovern gets it, and then he's got three half-backs, Williams, Doherty, and Saad to, to look for. So I, I think that's 70. It could have very easily been a lot more. And the other thing that uh, you've got to remember, he got a bit of a knock, but it was brutally hot for Melbourne on on Thursday night. And that, like, it was meant to possibly rain, uh, but the humidity was up. I think it was about 30 degrees. So, yeah, a few of the players, and you'll see a lot of the big boys round one, really spent some petrol tickets, and and that's just, you know, life. So on any other given week, I think McGovern, yeah, could be that sort of 85, 90, think Zeeble, think Impy, but a taller version who's just going to intercept. Um, and that also yep. goes with his mate down there, Oscar McDonald, who I think is a 200K forward. Now, he's not um, as good as McGovern with the intercept role. But if you want, if you're looking at those sort of guys who can play behind the ball, get the odd kick out, take the odd intercept mark. Um, yeah, definitely track him because yeah, he looked really good. And the other one um, I'm going to talk about quickly is Durden, um, 71. Oh, say on, hang on, we're gonna, I'm going to touch on, I'm going to touch on McGovern quickly before we go Durden because okay, Durden is that, definitely relevant. Um, the other thing to note with McGovern is um, number one, they can sometimes employ a closest kick out policy. So McGovern, I think, got a few kickouts as well. So there's points. Uh, the other thing as well is that they really rate him going inside 50. So they actually look for McGovern to be kicking inside 50s. His score could have been a lot more because he actually hit targets, lace out inside 50, and then they butchered the kick. And this was, I think, maybe the second quarter. I can't remember. But basically, he was on maybe 51, got a free kick against down to 47. But he could have been on 60 or 70. He was hitting targets. And they're talking about, wow, like he's such a great user. He sees the ball so well. And he was, they were looking for him to deliver it inside 50 because he's such a good kick and they really rate his kick, but they just didn't put it away. So he actually costs some points as well because he didn't get the goal assist. It was just, you know, if someone kicks it behind, it's like, cool. Well, yes, you had an effective kick, but if someone kicks a goal, then all of a sudden the, you start to get scaling points and stuff like that as well because it sort of shifts the game. Um, so I'm definitely big on that one. And then the next one, obviously, your mate Durden. Now, Durden was definitely a surprise packet for me. I did like him. 
in the preseason, I thought he actually had a lot of zip and got unrewarded for a lot. So he did a lot of the great team things that we look for. But um, that little knock he had, I was like, okay, is he fit? Is he not fit? I'll kind of just wait and see a little bit uh, on Durden. And now when you watch him play, it's like, oh, duh, like I should have put him in my team, the old Durden. So uh, 143,000. Um, one thing I did notice about his role before I pass over Swizz is that he actually got up the ground a lot as well. I'm sitting there looking and I was like, oh, Durden, bang, he's down there in, you know, in the back line helping clean up the mess. And, and he was in these like really good spots where you're like, geez, this guy's working hard. And uh, what did he end up scoring? So Durden got uh, 71. And uh, for his price point, I think that is definitely uh, worth considering. Um, again, looking for the extra week of data this week, if we can get it. But he is, I think the forward lines were kind of a bit worried as in like, oh, these cheaper guys, or are they going to be any good? But they've really brought it out this week. Yeah. Not only did he tackle hard, but yeah, he was getting to all the right positions. Should have scored more because Cripps actually tried to pass the ball to him in the goal square and he actually did the team thing and just let it go through where it was an easy mark roll in. Nearly any other small forward would have marked that and kicked that goal. So he, he probably could have scored 100, but he was getting in the right positions every time. Like um, every time the Blues put the ball up for Harry Mackay, uh, they were just, um, he was just at the ground level. And they, we couldn't go with him. Like, we meant to have these small defenders in Baker and and um, and Short and that. And I think it would have been more of Austin needing to man up on him because none of the others were getting in the right position. And he was just, you know, attacked, attacked that ball brilliantly. So, yeah, no, I think he's definitely one to see how he goes this week. And I think he can back it up. I didn't start him because I was a bit worried because I looked at some of his scores last year. And I was looking at like, you know, already they had sort of Fisher. How does Kurnow fit into that forward line back now and stuff? So I thought, oh, mate, I, I can't see him scoring that well because I've got other guys that they'll be looking at. But no, I didn't, couldn't see anybody else on the ground that worked as harder as, as him, except for Jaden Short trying to get a kick out. But that's another story in a moment. But, that um, is another story. Yeah, so, um, so now, mate, and, and what, just to finish off what actually you said about Gov. To McGovern actually hit the post too, so it could have even been more because he would, yeah, he was just, and, and that that probably leads me. I'm sure you you want to flick over the Richmond, but yeah, that for those aren't at home, you you probably can't obviously see uh, my shirt, but it's the mine, mine, mine of the seagulls, and yeah, as you said, Carlton, it's uh, all about um, sharing the love. Whoever kicks out, they've got faith in everyone. I watched Jaden Short run 30 metres and rip a ball out of Grimes's hands just so he could get a kick out. And that's what these defenders do. So, um, yeah, Jaden Short's the little uh, seagull on the end here saying that, no, that ball's mine for the kick out. Um, it probably applies for uh, Luke McDonald as well. Um, so, yeah, no, um, Shorty's probably, I've seen him play a lot better games before, but, yeah, if you want somebody who's going to get a lot of kick outs, and he, and he got robbed too because it was probably – there was actually twice. It was in the third quarter and the fourth quarter where they were trying to get brought off once for short and once for Gipkis. And uh, they just couldn't because the ball was living down the Richmond forward line. So short missed out on three kickouts then. So it's the only reason he didn't get um, probably a 120, 125 because yeah, if, if there's a kick out to be had, Jaden short takes it. I feel you. Uh, it's worth noting with Carlton, particularly with Durden, uh, Hewitt as well, etc. So once they play the doggies, obviously a harder game. So if he scores well in this game, he's definitely in consideration because Carlton play Hawthorne and Suns after that, two teams that they should well and truly love getting possessions and goals. Port Adelaide's after that and Fremantle, probably a little bit harder. And then they've got North and Adelaide. So any of those Carlton premiums, 
Hewitt, Cripps, etc., Durden. Um, I expect them by that sort of after the Adelaide match, that's probably prime picking as far as upgrade season. So Durden for me, I think could definitely get you someone that's on field or give you that bench coverage after they pay Adelaide. Realistically, if he scores well in North and Adelaide, you'll still be able to ride him out for a couple of rounds and he should be actually probably cherry ripe at the buys. Um, I'm hoping, yeah, basically 300 plus would be ideal, but I'm looking for if he can do well against the good sides, then he should be able to really do well against the other ones. So um, we need to touch on Richmond real short. And um, speaking of short, but realistically for me, it's just the straight up premiums short. We've already touched on Martin and Bolton. I thought were probably the most impressive there. They need Dusty in the midfield. I don't know how the fuck he got a 108. Uh, definitely looked after. Now, people are noticing what I spoke about last year because some people, now that everyone's not on Dusty, when they're all on him, they're like, oh, no, he deserved that totally. And I was like, mate, how? How is he getting these points? Because it's Dusty. Now, the same people are starting to have a whinge like, hey, how's Dusty on 180? He's done nothing. You haven't noticed him all game. Um, I'm still interested in Dusty based on his role. His role is even more prominent now than before. And I think Bolton's got that X factor, man. I just like watching him play. Swiss final notes. I think people are underselling it, actually how well Dusty played in that first half. Um, he he was he was our only midfielder once Prestia went off. So um, yeah, I know a lot of people go, "Oh my god, one away and that," but it, yeah, it, there was some things he did that you probably didn't notice because they weren't the normal Dusty things. He was trying to sort of do it all, um, and yeah, people go, "Oh, he only got twenty-one touches and that," but I think yeah, it was. If you're gonna tell me which Richmond player turned up, I was gonna say it's Dusty. Shy Bolton should have kicked, could have kicked six. He was on fire. The problem with Shy, he just disappears for large percentages of games. He's gonna click. He's gonna click at some point, and this this kid could be one of the best players in the comp when he does. But at the moment, you know, you'll see him for 15, 20 minutes just dominate, and then you you miss out on him for the next forty minutes. And the last one's Gipkus, the rookie. So oh yes, I was yeah. The first quarter, naturally, first gamer coming onto the ground trying to find his feet. Um, it's, it's always going to be tough. But our, the next two quarters, couldn't have not been more positive about him. Um, scored, I think it was about 52 or 53 points in those two quarters. Uh, but the big thing was they had him manned up on Charlie Kernow and then sometimes taking the resting ruck in, in DeConning. But he, him one-on-one versus Charlie Kernow, Kernow couldn't get near it. Um, so, and they had that much confidence. They moved, you know, had Bolt to go forward because they knew Gipkis was back there anyway, doing the job on Kernow. So I think he's got a place, especially with Jack out of the side, uh, with Bolter there. So that's his job security. And, you know, there was a little bit with the kickouts where they were actually going against Gipkis' side. So they were, they were going to the rucks and Gipkis was on the wrong side. But there was opportunities to do the switch, which we just didn't take. And Gipkis was out there all alone. So um, I think as they build a little bit more confidence in him, um, and in that last quarter, I think uh, they must have had him off for about 20 minutes, but he gave away a free kick in front of goal. Give him a natural. He's taking him off to give, you know, the odd message, uh, you know, just get a bit lower next time. But that's what I said earlier about trying to get short on the ground. They they had the board up, 35, get off broad, but the ball lived in our back line. They just couldn't get him off. So they wanted Gipkis back on. Um, but, yeah, so I think going forward, yeah, he's definitely got a role well, there for the next Swiss, if they. If they really wanted to get him off, they should have just given him a tug. Um, <laughs> the next one, I do want to touch real quickly with Gibkiss now. He's got a really good opportunity up against an inexperienced GWS forward line. So I think there's definitely room if they start bombing it into these inexperienced forwards, he could be in his element to get some intercepts and actually get some good possessions there. And the same thing with St. Kilda because their forwards sometimes run in the wrong patterns. 
um, let alone the wrong direction. So um, there's a good opportunity anyway. So I'd be interested to watch him over the next couple of weeks.